Hello and welcome to CM Conversations. I'm today's host, Emily Austin, and my focus here at CM Life Science is the nutraceutical market. In today's episode, I speak on a live panel with three esteemed guests. Karen Todd joins me as VP of Global Brand Marketing at Choir Hacko USA and Chair of Women in Nutraceuticals. Doug Reader is CEO of Arizona Nutritional Supplements and another board member at Women in Nutraceuticals. And lastly, joined by Zachariah Levine as Director of People and Sustainability at the Synergy Company. Here it is. Hope you enjoy listening. Hi everyone and thank you for joining us on today's webinar. It looks like we've got people from all across the globe joining us which is really great to see. I hope everyone's excited to discuss embracing equity in nutraceuticals and it should be a fascinating discussion covering a range of key topics around DEI and female representation in our industry. Something I've noticed as an important discussion following on from the International Women's Day campaign. Before we get stuck in, it makes sense to get better introduced and just to note that Zachariah is a little late um, to the start of this but should hopefully be joining us as we move through. I'm Emily, a business consultant at CM Life Science and in short, CM Life Science offers talent solutions across the globe in life science markets, including nutraceuticals, which is obviously my specialty. So we'll go on today to talk about embracing equity in nutraceuticals, including why gender and female first policies are a crucial discussion for our industry, about women in nutraceuticals as an organisation and gender diversity on its board, and how businesses across the industry can implement policies to support gender equity and what this means for hiring strategies. To discuss in more detail, I'm joined by the experts in the market who I'm really excited to introduce to you. So Karen, do you want to kick us off and tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, Thank you for having me, Emily. Really appreciate being here today. And thank you for rescheduling. Uh, That's much appreciated. Uh, My name is Karen Todd. I'm a registered dietitian. I've been in the nutraceutical industry for over 20 years and um, worked from consumer product goods company with skincare products, uh, dietary supplements, functional foods and beverages to the ingredient side of the business where we really dive into the science behind the ingredients and and learn more and more about how ingredient brands can support the finished products that are for sale for consumers. Fantastic. And Doug, would you like to give us a brief overview on yourself as well? Absolutely. And uh, I I don't know that I would claim to be an expert. So thank you. Karen (laughs) is here as the expert and I'm, I'm here as well. So um, Doug Reeder, I'm uh, very delighted to be here. And Emily, thank you for including me and inviting me to, to join. Um, I'm the president and CEO of Arizona Nutritional Supplements. We're a contract manufacturer here to support the nutritional industry and our customers. Our customers are the boss. Um, so we support their brands by our efforts of actually manufacturing the products. I've spent my entire career in consumer products and I have been in the weight loss space now for about the last good God, like 15 years. So I don't know where time goes. Well, thank you both for joining us. And it's worth just mentioning that we do have a dedicated Q&A at the end of the webinar. So for those attending, if you do want to pop your questions into the Q&A function throughout the discussion, we will try our best to answer them as we, we go through at the end. 
Okay. So let's get started discussing why equity is important in the nutraceutical industry. And the first question I have is for yourself, Karen, and that is why gender equity and women first policies are a crucial discussion for our industry. Well, if we look at the the representation of the consumer market for health and wellness ingredients, health and wellness products, 80% of the consumers are women. Um, it makes it makes sense to market towards women. It makes sense to produce products for women, and it makes sense to bring women into the organization to help ensure that that happens as well. Absolutely, and and something that I actually noticed and, and was surprised at is, and as you've mentioned there, um, you know, the women in in the market is actually the clinical studies that were done on women um, are a lot less than they are on on male um, candidates. So I, I agree on that one. So in terms of a, a brief your discussion on a perspective of gender equity and women first policies, what do you think is one of the most important policies that we can roll out in in the industry? Some would say the biggest gap is with research in women, um, women versus men. But I actually would twist that around and say the biggest gap is with women in the C-suite within the nutraceutical organization, because that having women within the leadership positions will help drive change within research, within who's being the research is being done on as well and help close that gap. Um, so that that to me is one of the, the, the biggest challenges is to get women um, into C-suite, into the leadership positions within these organizations. In terms of um, where you're at within the, the market at the moment, you obviously sit on the board of um, women in nutraceuticals, which is an organization which is, is brought to the forefront of the nutraceutical market at the moment to try and bridge that gap. What have you seen um, as, as an organization which is one of the most important things that you're trying to champion at the moment? Right now, the organization just started, was uh, founded in 2021 and just formed in this, this past year. But what we've seen so far is overwhelming support from the industry to have this initiative move forward. Um, that was, to me, the most exciting and um, most impressionable um, factor at bringing forward women in nutraceuticals. Really, the, the focus needs to be on bringing women together and bringing women, not only women, but men, as I'm yes. sure Doug will talk about soon, <laughs> it's all of us. It's 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 all of us moving and growing together. Um, what we found with women in these different positions, leadership positions, management positions um, within a company, companies be, can will be more profitable. Pump companies will be more well regarded. So there's a lot of financial benefits that come along with this, and it, it's really just educating and helping people understand like how they can take part in this um, or, or waking them up to, I didn't know there was a gender gap. Oh, okay, well, let, let us tell you about that. Um, so we're, we're here as part of the industry and we're here to help shape and grow our industry overall. Absolutely. And, and when looking at opportunities across the industry, I've noticed how important it is for candidates, especially senior women, to prioritise companies with established gender equity policies. Doug, why was it important for you to be on the panel of women in nutraceuticals? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, ha happy to. And I'm, I'm very proud to be involved. I'll start with that. So so a, a couple things I think really resonate with me. I mentioned that I was in I've been in the weight loss space specifically, and I've worked for two very prominent brands in the weight loss space. And what I found very fascinating in actually both cases, two different companies, was the number of men that were in charge of those organizations. Mm -hmm. 
literally one of them, there was only one woman on our senior leadership team and the entire rest of the leadership team was men. And when you think about a weight loss product, I'm not stereotyping, it's typically women buy it more. Doesn't necessarily mean they use it more, but they're typically the purchasers. And why do we almost arrogantly think that a group of men can speak to why women want to purchase this? And I would tell you, it bothered me because it's like, I'm glad the company was successful. I'm not questioning the leadership. The leadership was very strong, but how much stronger could we have been had we taken a different perspective with a broader audience? And I'm very happy to be involved with the women part of this, but I believe wholeheartedly in diversity period, right? So we need to have a more inclusive world, right? It's not my job to judge who you are, just let's get everyone the fair opportunity to be involved. So that's why I wholeheartedly want to jump into this. Um, and I think what has been great about it, I've been you know, really pleasantly surprised about the energy, the passion and the talent. The, the amount of talent on the board of WIN is like almost intimidating. It's like, give us anything and like, holy cow, are we gonna make change the world? And the impact, you know, Karen said it, the impact we've made in such a short period of time is quite incredible. Um, just from awareness, first of all, we've already done a survey so we can benchmark where we're at. I think I'm very excited about that. We're starting a mentoring program. Um, so I, that's why I'm so passionate and excited about being involved in it. Absolutely. And, and just to touch on what you mentioned there, if we look at the pharmaceutical industry as an example, they've recently done a study which shows 61% of their industry is actually women, although still 10% are in C-suite positions. They've seen the rollout of that adaptation with having female representatives as a, a success. And that's um, a, a company, Parexcel, I believe, um, is a, a company which actually the study was based on, showed that the they were more successful successful and had um, mentoring programs with men within the business, but this was something that was really beneficial to them. Can you tell me a little bit more about the mentor program that you're, you're hoping to roll out with Win? Yeah, actually, so maybe what I would do even start with that is I would talk about ourselves internally in our own organization. I'm very pleased, I would tell you, that at the executive and senior leadership level, we're more than 50% diverse. Not as heavily in women as I'd like, but we're, we are diverse, which is a starting point. What's been most fascinating is that we have, we are 51% women as an organization. And the fact that we have, um, we don't have women in supervisor and entry level management roles is something that again, bothers me. So we've actually started a project internally. It's called Project All In, where we're working on giving women more confidence and ability to understand that you can and should be promoted to higher levels in the organization. So we don't end up with kind of this top level hourly person is, is mostly women. Like, why don't you break through? So that's, I think that kind of idea is where building confidence and giving mentoring is gives them an opportunity to succeed. Part of that gets into what Win is doing which is we have a marketing campaign, Real Men Win. Okay, this is about men championing women to succeed. I want that wholeheartedly, right? I have an 11 year old daughter. I want my 11 year old daughter to live in a world that she's a person. Don't be judged for anything, but you're a person. Do you have the talent to succeed? And we can almost stop keeping score. 
Absolutely. And, you know, as a, a female recruiter in the market, it's definitely something that I look for is is helping um, CEOs, especially within the industry, to make sure that talent is hired based on expertise and their um, experience and qualifications rather than uh, their gender, um, which I think, you know, is, is such a crucial point. So thanks for sharing that. For both of you, obviously, Karen, um, VP of Marketing and, and yourself as CEO, is there a, a policy that you've rolled out that you think is, is really important or is there something yet that you're still to roll out and, and in the midst of doing so? Was that Karen? E- yeah, we'll, we'll go yeah. with Karen first, yeah. yeah. Uh, see, I'm smart. I want to go. <laughs> she's our chairman. She's a woman. She goes first. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's a lot of exciting committees that we're rolling out right now and, and building up participation within those committees. Um, that's one of the large, larger initiatives happening right now. And um, as we do that, I think you'll see programming, you'll see the campaigns kind of emerge and develop around those, the mentorship program that, that Doug mentioned. I think all of those are, are really, really important. Um, and those are being driven by our, our membership. Um, we're, we've asked our membership, what do you want? What do you want us to focus on in the beginning? And that those are those are the, the areas of focus, um, so to speak. Um, so those are really important. And then actually getting together, um, we've, you know, at the different industry events and seeing each other in person and talking in person, um, it, it's much more easier. Sometimes difficult conversations can happen off camera, um, but, but people can give advice too off camera um, where you wouldn't necessarily display or, or share or broadcast it with everyone. Uh, but I think that's really important where people have a place to go, a safe place to go um, to, to talk about what issues they're facing and how we can help. Absolutely. And I think just touching there on, on what you mentioned about advice, um, what advice would you give to a nutraceutical startup within the market that is looking at rolling out the, the DEI policies? I, I would really give them an uh, idea, take a, take a step back, look at your internal organization, um, see if it's balanced, not just with women, but different cultures, different, a variety of people, different age groups. Um, that's really important to get it diversity uh, from everybody. And your look, look to your target market too. If you're um, a, a startup looking at a very specific niche area, um, look to your target market to make sure you're re- representative of that market. Uh, that's the most important side and will help you gain insights along the way. Absolutely. Doug, what mistakes in your in your time would you say that you've made in terms of rolling out DEI? And, and if you could sort of do it again from the beginning, what would you make sure that you, you would do first? Uh, I, I would say, first of all, you can't start DEI soon enough. So... Um, I, I don't want to sound arrogant because I, I'm not as a person. I'm a humble person, but I would tell you I'm extremely proud of where we're at on our DEI initiative. Um, we we actually do keep score, not for the purposes of score, but for the purposes of improvement. So we can tell you what we are in terms of diversity at every level of organization from entry level packer all the way through C-suite. And we look at that a couple of different ways We look at it, we have a succession planning process at our company. And so we're looking for what we call up and comers or strong contributors, our top two levels. And we make sure that there's a balance of men and women in there. And if there's not, why not? And what are we going to do to to do that? Um, So that's one. The other thing we haven't shied away from is we look at salary increases. 
And we want to make sure, I can remember distinctly last year, we distinctly made sure that men didn't get bigger raises than women. Okay, if, if we did, was there a bias there that we were just not aware of that we should have looked at and made sure? Now, I was proud to tell you, without you know massaging numbers, women got bigger raises than men last year in our organization. And I was very, very proud of that, right? Because we want to kind of close the gap between men and women on salaries in similar kind of jobs. So I would say you can't start soon enough. Don't be afraid of the facts and, and dive in and actually take action. That's probably what my advice would be on that. Good, thank you for sharing that. And I think something that I always mention to um, candidates, especially when searching for a new opportunity, is to look for um, companies in the nutraceutical space that do specify within, um, you know, the the gender equity policies, but also that have equal opportunities and equal play. Also, just a quick reminder to those that are uh, attending that if you want to pop in some questions, we will answer them at the end, um, and then we'll we'll go on to uh, to discuss those in just a moment. In terms of uh, policies, which is something that I wanted to go over. Do either of you feel that there is any policies that are missing within the market at the moment? Is there anything that you would like to see rolled out this year or, or next that is not yet there? Let Aaron, you save us. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always, uh, change is always good and new ideas are, are very, very welcome. Uh, new policies. I, we we just want to get to the numbers. We we want to get to the numbers that it, to close that gap. Um, but if there's different ways we can go about doing that, if if awareness and information and education is not enough, then we do need um, the next step. We do need to to look further. Um, one of one of the things that I I want to make um, known, and I don't know if people do know this, the the UN Sustainability uh, Issues um, ESG, w- women women within organizations can help with your ESG policies and looking at women can help you build out that sustainability program. Um, so there's many different ways how, how building that out can, can uh, you can set the framework for. And I don't think people now are looking at that as much as just sustainability of greenhouse gases, um, but women in organizations can help build those um, policies out too. And, and that's something we could, we could focus a, a bit more on. Absolutely. I mean, companies that prioritise gender equity are known to contribute, um, you know, within the market to increased innovation, research, productivity and overall success within the industry due to obviously a happier work environment and a higher staff retention. What would you say is something that has been um, rolled out as a a policy that has increased uh, the happier work environment? And do you think that this has had an impact on your, uh, you know, innovation and productivity in the workplace? I I would say it absolutely positively has. In our organization, um, we have three kind of top level people in our innovation area, two of which are women. Um, So I'm extremely proud of, of that. Um, I I am going to agree with what you just said. There's actually a Harvard Business Review that says companies that have been, you know, focused on diversity are 35% more productive. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Um, So I think from a policy standpoint and and effort here, I think so much of it is about just giving women the opportunity. So I'm going to go look and talk about WIN for a second. My role at WIN, I'm the treasurer of the organization. I'm kind of the behind the scenes person. And there's a lot of women that are championing each of these groups. 
Well, I think for a while it's men's turn to sit behind and say, how can I prop up the effort? Not a man saying, let me tell you how it's going to work. It's like, how would you know? It hasn't worked for all this time. Right. So I think that we can't look at the, well, they don't know yet, or they're not talented enough yet, or they don't, the only way to learn is to give the opportunity. So I think that policy is important. Absolutely. And, you know, thanks for sharing that. Here at uh, Child to Morris, we actually have DEI champions. Do you think having a DEI champion or, or, or DEI champions is an important part to have within a company? Absolutely. I, I think that's one of the a, a pillar to look at to see how people are doing and, and can be measured very easily. Um, but but if someone is responsible or owns that, um, can champion it, that, that would be incredible. Do you think that that would be something that you would encourage businesses to roll out, um, you know, going forward in the future? Oh, absolutely. That definitely should be um, uh, an area that not only build out an entire uh, program for, but several positions, depending on the size of the organization, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you there. And I know you talked about ESG a moment ago. I, in, our, in our quarterly ESG reporting to our board, one of the things that we report regularly is all about diversity. And I think that we owe that no matter what the numbers are. You got to start somewhere mm -hmm. and work towards it and not hide from it. Absolutely. I mean, do you guys have any questions from me from a hiring point of view? I know, obviously, Zachariah was meant to join um, to discuss with us. So do you have any you know, questions in terms of uh, the recruitment side of things um, in terms of gender equity or? I, I do. I'm, I, I'm curious on how many people ask and what types of questions they ask about companies when they're researching them is that does gender equity come up diversity is that something that people are really looking for absolutely i found that you know especially across the U the us um it's important more than ever to have a, a diverse workforce but that is something that candidates do ask for another thing that i've noticed which has become you know more prevalent in in my experience is that actually um, candidates are searching for companies which support a family lifestyle and obviously that is more important whether it be flexible working hours or you know if you needed to be off um, and work from home especially coming out of lockdown we all we all quickly learned that we were able to work from home so I think that this would be um, you know a, a suitable policy to roll out but yes there is many candidates that are searching for um, you know a, a more flexible work environment it does look like Zachariah is in attendance so I'm going to see if we can try and get him to join in um, we do have some questions so just bear with us two seconds while we try and get him into the uh, into the chat well, thanks for doing that Emily just, just uh, technology eh? coming out of COVID there, <laughs> there we are thank you for for joining with us so I'll let you introduce your yourself um, and and then we'll we'll go straight into asking you some questions so no pressure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I uh, <clears throat> greatly appreciate the opportunity to, to join you all in this conversation, uh, which is a very important conversation, albeit a bit late. Uh, I apologize for any disruption or no uh, inconvenience here. Uh, so my name is Zachariah Levine. I am the Director of People and Sustainability for the Synergy Company. We are a 30-year-old manufacturer of organic nutritional supplements, green superfoods, vitamins, other functional health products. 
We are based in the Four Corners region of the United States, and we are a small uh, family-owned business. Um, we are a certified B Corp, and uh, you know, really happy to be uh, participants in the um, nutraceutical and, and supplement industry. I would say my uh, entry point into the um, arena of policy making at an organizational level really started uh, prior to my um, work in the in the supplement industry. I previously served as the community and economic development director for the community in which I live, and um, uh, had a, a tremendous amount of experience working with a diverse group of stakeholders in. Uh, the fields of planning and zoning, community infrastructure, recreation, um, and uh, and all of that work really provided a great foundation for me once I moved into the private sector and started working with the Synergy Company. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think what has, has really helped for our company is um, a few things. Uh, first, I would say that the... Um, emphasis on mission and values at our company provides, you know, just the most um, uh, guiding um, starting point for answering our why. Um, it, our, our mission takes a very inclusive approach to who our stakeholders are and, and um, who we are trying to serve, both internally and externally. Um, and, and so we always start there. Um, Secondly, uh, from my work in community planning, um, we take a very stakeholder-driven approach. And so when we're thinking about um, a new policy uh, for our uh, employees, we always start with um, some direct engagement. Uh, we listen, we deeply listen and actively listen because um, you know, if we're just starting from our own perspectives and uh, our own observations of what's actually happening or not happening or what people want, then we often miss the mark. And so we will start with surveys, we'll start with small focus groups, we'll start with casual conversations. While this may not be a, uh, a practical approach for all companies or all representatives um, attending this webinar, uh, we're, we're a small enterprise. And so this, um, you know, very like flexible approach works for us. Um, and, and that's one of the wonderful things about working for a small enterprise is that you can be uh, intentional without being dogmatic. Um, and, and so uh, from, from this point, um, you know, we have been able to uh, implement what I think are, are some uh, very effective policies um, here at the Synergy Company. Um, in, let's see, in about... 2020, um, we acknowledged that there was a direct link between our recruitment and uh, retention efforts at the company and some of the uh, challenges that our surrounding community was facing. And at that time, it was very clear that um, childcare, uh, not just the uh, accessibility, but the affordability of childcare, was proving to be a, a significant barrier for. Uh, potential candidates. And we acknowledge that in order to expand the labor population, um, you know, unemployment rates were extremely low uh, in 2020 and 2021, and they continue to persist. Uh, 
we acknowledged that if, if we wanted to overcome that hurdle, we also needed to solve some of the other challenges or barriers to um, a large segment of our workforce joining um, or a large segment of our population joining the workforce. And so uh, we resolved to create an on-site childcare uh, facility at the Synergy Company. We um, heavily subsidized the cost of that childcare for um, our families who need it. Uh, we acknowledged that um, that was just one piece of the puzzle and you have to look at these challenges holistically. And so we also um, implemented a, not just a paid um, uh, maternity leave policy, but a paid uh, parental leave policy. The next phase of that will actually be a paid caregiver policy. Um, and, uh, and then we started looking at, at leadership and, um, and said, you know, if we want to ensure that we have a family friendly culture and a women first um, culture, then we need to um, ensure that our leadership reflects that. And so as we started to see some, you know, turnover in our executive leadership and in our senior leadership, um, we made sure to emphasize our, our desire to, uh, again, not dogmatically, um, uh, you know, bring women into those into those leadership roles, but really to just make sure that we had a, a diversity of thought and a diversity of um, contributions and worldviews and life experiences into those roles. So um, I think now we've got, you know, a, a good foundation um, for, you uh, you know, gender equity, and we've we've invested a fair amount in inclusion training, um, and uh, I think we're we're in a good place to continue building on some of these early successes because we also acknowledge that uh, you know we're we're never there, right? We have a we have a, a absolutely north star, yeah, uh, but we're not there. You know, and and thank you so much for for sharing that. Here at Child Tomorrow, we actually also have those female first policies, which has allowed us, um, you know, to have a diversity in age, and um, but it's also helped us support with uh, retention, which is is what we were touching on uh, just before you joined. We also spoke um, just before you joined about the policies that you mentioned there in terms of being a startup. Now, we were just sharing that, you know, the DEI uh, policies are really important, no matter size, whether it be a startup or whether it be, you know, a a global um, leading company. So I just want to know, other than your women first policies that you've included, is there any other policies that you would encourage other companies to roll out? What other successes have you had there? Well, I think that, um, you know, it is really important to take a holistic worldview. Um, and so, uh, you know, we have, um, we've looked at uh, our policies around um, professional development and training and knowing that, um, you know, we, we, we're not looking at, um, uh, you know, demographic profiles today. We're looking at two generations out. And so who, how are we building the leaders of tomorrow and the next day through the investments that we make now? And so we've ensured that um, our performance management systems, our management um, practices, and our investments in professional development, learning, um, management training are all setting us up to um to, to ensure that we have a diverse uh, leadership team and uh, management style uh, into the future. Um, 
we also, yeah. So I'd say that's that's one of the most effective ways we've approached that. Thank you. And thanks for sharing that. And actually, I just wanted to go back to your point in regards to the policies that you've made and what you noticed in the industry. I think that is, you know, a key takeaway from your company and, and probably your success so far is that you recognise the, the industry needs um, and, and then supported that with the, the family policies that you rolled out. I just wanted to ask um, Karen and Doug, do you think that that is something that you would look into rolling out? Is that something that you have currently put into place? In terms of you know the the child care um, etc. Karen, I'll let you go first. Sure. Um, well, at, at Kiwahako, we were part of the Kieran group of companies and um, women. We have a, a large women initiative um, throughout the entire company globally. Um, so women first is very very important. It's very important that we we do have these programs and we can. Um, display them in front of all the employees. So, so they're very well aware of it and, and talk about it on a regular basis. Um, that's really, really important, um, at least uh, from, from my company standpoint. Thank you. And, and Doug, in terms of um, ANS, is there anything that you, um, you know, you're, you're hoping to roll out? I know that you mentioned that, um, you know, you're really happy with where you're at at the moment and, and proud to, you know, be championing DEI. Is there anything that you're set to roll out or? I think the biggest thing that, well, one of the things that we had, had done is we had did look at our shift times at one point because we found that it wasn't um, as easy for everyone to be able to handle things like childcare. And could we could we be a little more flexible on that and allow people that could, could handle the needs? Uh, we, we run uh, four days a week, 10 hour to shift. And so we kind of made a little tweaks on that uh, but I would say I was actually inspired. And if you saw me writing something down, I was inspired by what Zachary said. And I think that that's an opportunity we should look um, harder at. So thank you for the insight on that, Zachary. Absolutely. And and something that I just wanted to mention, um, Doug, we obviously we've had questions coming in, um, which we'll go over in a minute. But just before we do, if anyone does have any questions, we are going to go over them um, now. But one that is very prevalent and I just wanted to mention before we go on says, Doug, I love that you're a board member of Women in Nutraceuticals. It's very inspiring that you're such an advocate for championing women in this space. So I thought that was really nice. Um, not a question, but a, a lovely insight into uh, where you're at at the moment. Well, th thank you for that. And I, I would tell you what it excites me so much about being involved in WIN, and I mentioned it earlier that real men win. Um, I think it's really important, and the WIN organization is not a women's group, and we don't try to make it a women's group. And I mean, we were even afraid to talk about that in the beginning. Like, this isn't going to be a bunch of women get together, have a glass of wine, and complain about the world. That's just <laughs> not how we roll at all. And I'm proud of the talent and leadership of the women on WIN, that that's not the approach, like that's not even tolerable, right? We're here to actually make a difference as opposed to just talk about what we could be doing. So uh, thank you, especially to Karen as our chairman, uh, chairperson, see, I screwed up myself, <laughs> chairperson um, that's supporting that. Absolutely. So the first question um, is for Zachariah. Do you feel that having a DI champion in your company is important? Absolutely. Um, and I would say uh, champions, plural. Uh, you know, um, similar to the way that we approach sustainability or ESG at this energy company, 
um, DEI and inclusion and culture, it can't be a departmental function. It really needs to be a company-wide lens, a company-wide worldview, a company-wide way of being in the world. Um, and so when we um, organize trainings and we um, explore new policies or new ideas, um, you know, we really take a kind of a, a stakeholder committee approach. Um, we'll bring in, you know, different voices to uh, do some of the initial prep work. Um, that's how we arrived at um, one of our company-wide trainings last year uh, focused on inclusion. It was hosted by the Arbinger Institute, and it is their um, program uh, developing and implementing a, an outward mindset. Um, the basis of that training is that um, mindsets lead to behaviors, which ultimately lead to results. And so if we want to get different results, if we want to get different outcomes, then uh, we need to change our behaviors, of course. But in order to change our behaviors, we need to first check in on our mindsets. Um, and so to answer your question, yes, it, it, we, we do need leaders. We do need champions to keep it on the forefront and in the, the frontal cortex. Uh, but it, it can't be one person. It can't be a departmental function. It needs to be ingrained in the DNA of a company. Uh, I agree, and and actually the the next question leads very nicely onto that. So, um, you know, I will will give this one to Karen. So, how do you change the mindset of senior people in a company, not or not very modern people within the business? How do, how do you you know roll out new policies? It it does start with the leadership team, uh, but it's awareness number one. Uh, getting the numbers down, everyone can can look at numbers and say, "Oh, we're diverse. We have quite a few people." But as Doug said, measure it. Um, measure it every six months, measure it every year, see what direction you're going in. Um, and, and there's so many different ways to measure. Is it um, from diversity? You know, are, are you including people at all different levels? Uh, that's really, really important, but also then make initiatives to change. Um, determine what areas you can uh, work on now and then what areas you need to work on in the future. And I love, Zachariah, you're, you're talking about um, two generations from now uh, who will be running your company. And that that is a, a viewpoint, I think, m moving forward that people need to, to embrace as well. And so session planning, um, do all of that. That's really, really important to say. If someone is gone for so many months out of the year, who who's going to handle that workload? Uh, what's going to happen? Um, those are all things that people can look at. And th that, that will just inspire change, not only with the leadership team, but within the whole company um, moving forward. Absolutely. And, and here at Charlton Morris, we actually have a anonymous survey, which we do, um, which obviously gives the uh, the employees here a, a chance to shout up candidly if they want to and, and share all things DEI. So I, you know, completely agree. And that's something that we do here, but would, uh, you know, recommend uh, many other businesses do that as well. So the next question, Doug, I will um, give this one uh, for you. So how do you think that you can... Um, let me just read that one. How can I call out someone who I believe is against this sort of mindset slash change? Well, I think we've talked about the whole idea that it's part of ingrained in the culture of who you of who we are. And I can tell you in our company, we have a very specific uh, um, uh, policy is too strong of a word. It's, it's a who we are in our culture. And I just walked through it. Our culture has six elements to it safety, empowerment, timely decision-making, transparency, accountability, respect. 
So respect is one of, it's the last one, it's the foundation, because you're going to respect who we are as an organization, which is inclusion, which is diversity, which is accountability. You're, you're going to respect that. If that's not for you, it's perfectly fine. And if you, we're not afraid to make the changes that we need in order to succeed that way. Um, you mentioned earlier on about um, even age as something that we could look at. This is very focused on women, but it's also age. Our leadership team has people born all the way from the 50s, all the way through the 90s at this point. And we're right on the verge of having people born in the 2000s. And I'm pretty proud of the fact that you can literally be talking about six, seven decades of people and information and knowledge. And I think we look at it as an organization that we're proud of that, right? So the way you deal with it is, it is the only acceptable behavior. And you actually feel awkward if you don't follow our culture. Um, it's, this is just not for you. And we always say the same thing and there's no bars on the window. So you're free to move on. <laughs> Absolutely. And I agree. And I just wanted to, um, before we sort of moved on to any other questions, know if, if any of you wanted to have any additional comments in terms of the questions that we've we've just asked there. I, I'd like, like to add one initiative that we've brought up this past year is customer experience. And we're a product-driven company, but we're, we're changing the way we think about that to be a people-driven or customer-driven company. And part of how we treat our customers starts with how we treat ourselves. Um, so we, need, we know that we need to look into our employee organization. And I love the idea of the anonymous survey, the anonymous information to come back. Um, you need to know what people are thinking within your organization. And if, if they're not happy, you need to change things um, because you'll never achieve great customer success or a customer experience if your employees themselves are not happy. Um, that's a very easy way to to look internally. Absolutely. And, and thank you um, all for sharing and answering those questions there. So that was my CM conversation with Karen, Doug and Zachariah. I'd like to thank all the guests once again for their time and the insight provided on this fascinating topic. I hope anyone interested in any discussions around gender equity and policies in the nutraceutical space or any other industry could gain some valuable perspectives from their experience in this space. Subscribe to CM Conversations today for more insights on exciting topics with thought leaders across the life science industry. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Emily Austin. Bye for now.